Let's talk about the, uh, the self-destruction of America. And, uh, you know, we're blessed in this nation that we have, uh, we've had really no wars on our soil. Uh, we've, been, we've been blessed to be protected. We have been uh, a land that has, uh, we, we, we've boasted of our freedoms. Uh, we, we've, uh, we, we breathed a sigh of relief several years ago. We fought uh, many evils in the world in the past. We fought uh, communism and, and several years ago. I know in, in me growing up, this was a big thing, the Cold War. And I grew up in a time where, where uh, patriotism was at its height and uh, where things were going forth. And, and, uh, and, and, and I can remember the famous speech, Gorbachev, tear down that wall. I've been to the Brandenburg Gate. I've stood where Reagan delivered that speech and where communism fell and where the people on the eastern side of Germany began to tear down that wall and family members they had not seen for generations and long time began to go on both sides of that wall and the evils of communism we thought were gone. Uh, we thought it was, was defeated there. It was, it was uh, in decline. We thought the nuclear war, I can remember being afraid. I know my dad's generation actually had the, the drills where they were put up under the desk. I don't know what that was going to do for you in a nuclear bomb disaster. But uh, but I guess hey to each his own and 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 uh, but but I can remember as a child when the Cold War was at its height, dream thinking man a nuclear bomb could hit us, and then all of a sudden when communism fell, when it seemed like America became the superpower of the world, and all of a sudden the fear seemed to just be gone for a while. Uh, that 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 it was just a time of prosperity seemingly and almost peace sort of like and uh, most of my growing up years just were really until uh, several years ago when it seems like everything came off the skids and then all that prosperity we began to turn towards uh, uh, as all prosperous nations begin to do we began to turn away from God and more towards materialism and and got ourselves into uh, uh, the problems that we see ourselves in today and I know that's been going on you could go back the roaring 20s I get it there's been a thread of that all throughout creation. I know it ebbs and flows and that sort of thing. But, but uh, our problem is really not those now. You know, we often think back then, well, Russia's going to nuke us. Well, this is going to happen. China's on the rise. All these sort of things are happening. We hear that now, man. If China becomes the economic power, China got our secrets. China did this and how dare them. And NAFTA's got all of our industry going down to Mexico and got it going here. And we hear all of these things. If that wasn't happening, if that wasn't happening, that that was it happen. But our problem is really not all those things. Our problem is like Israel, it's from within. It really doesn't matter about all those things that are happening because don't worry, the problem is inside. That's where it's coming. America is being ruined from right inside uh, of, of this nation. And the same thing happened to the British Empire uh, that we see. There were 350 years ago, it was said of the British Empire that the sun never sets on the British Empire. They were one of the greatest nations in all, all of the world. And the, they had colonies all over the world. They had their flag flying all over the world and they boasted that God is on our side. God is with us, just like America boasts of that today. And here's what the Puritans began to warn at around 1659 when they started flying off the skids and pushing God out of their nation and they couldn't recognize the rot that was within either. And here's what they boasted. God's on our side. Blessed are our armies and blessed are our navies. But in 1659, some Puritans had the audacity 
audacity to get up in the pulpits in their nation as well and began to warn about what was coming. And here's what uh, they began to say. One of them said uh, this in 1659. They, they said that they were being raised up to warn God of the self-destruction coming upon them because of rampant sin and godlessness. And the British Empire was crumbling at that time to the left and to the right. And what was ruining them was the decay, decay from within. One of those, Thomas Hall, wrote these words. He said, the sins of England, I fear, are more than all the enemies of the world. It is not Spain. It is not Italy. We could say today it's not China. It's not Russia. It's not Iran. It's not North Korea. He said, it's not Spain, it's not Italy, it's not France, it's not Turkey, I fear. It is the atheism, the blasphemy, the apostasy, the profaning of all that is holy, the contempt for the gospel. If anything destroys it, it is these abominations that reign among us. When an empire crumbled, when, when they crumbled... I didn't think God would do that in the modern age. When the empire crumbled, another Puritan writer commented, God humbled us with sickness, plague, poverty, and decay of our economy. We threw off the yoke of Christ and now we have on us the yoke of pestilence and disease. He cried the same, that Puritan writers there cried the same message of Hosea. Hosea 13.9, here's the message that those Puritan watchmen were, were crying out to this nation who was in trouble and crumbling from within. And I say it's the same. This is a message David Wilkerson cried out uh, years ago. These are messages that, that many people are crying out today. J.D. Farag is crying out today, warning, and so many others are crying out today. And, the, and, and it's this, Hosea 13.9, Thou hast Ephraim, you have destroyed yourself. And that's what we hear today. We hear it's this person's fault and that one's fault. And it's the trade deals that are ripping us off and they're destroying our economy. And it's the free trade agreements that we made. And it's this one doing that, raising their interest rate so high. And it's that one doing that. And it's letting our manufacturers move. But God is saying to America, your suffering is not because of your trade partners. You are destroying yourself. Your help has always been found in me, but you have cast me aside now and you know longer want the God who blessed you. And God said to Israel in Hosea 13, 10, he said, Oh, Israel, thou hast destroyed yourself, but in me is your help. This is what he's crying out to America today. You've destroyed yourself, but if you would only turn to me, I would still help you, America. If you would turn to me, I'm here to you. I will be your king. Where is any other that may save you in all your cities? There's nobody else that can save you now. Not your military, not another military, not this president, not that president, not the Democrat, not the Republican. He's saying, if you would just turn to me, I would be the one that could save your cities. I could save you. I could help you. Why are you turning to everything else? Turn to me, God says. Folks, I know we're saying we're going to build it back. We're going to make it stronger. We're going to do it. But nothing's going to work if we don't turn to God. You cannot make America great again if you can't turn to God again. Amen. 
Nothing's going to work. It's the self-destruction of a nation that has turned from God. And America seems obsessed with the demonic now. Obsessed with the demonic. We're removing, I mean, literally impulses to remove God completely out of our society. Immediately to move, to, to take God out of the schools. Immediately to move, to take God out of our courtroom. Immediately move by demonic powers to take God out of our government and out of our families and to take God out of our marriages and out of our homes and literally to go and remove the nation, uh, the, the, the literally the statues of a nation that was founded upon godly values and godly principles now to literally destroy our heritage right before us so that we we don't know up from down, left from right. Up, uh, we don't know anything about the past or our nation and who blessed it like this. He said unto Hosea in Hosea 13.4, Thou shalt have no other gods but me, for there is no Savior besides me. Listen to what he said in 14.1, God bade Israel, return unto the land thy God, for you have fallen by your iniquity. Return to the Lord your God, Ephraim. Return to the Lord your God, Britain. Return to the Lord your God, America. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. No other gods before me. Return to me, for you have fallen by your iniquities. You've fallen by your iniquities. That's what's destroying us, folks. It's our sin. S-I-N. That word, we don't want to offend anybody more. That word, we made everything a disease and, a, and, and, and an excuse and a blame and somebody else's problem. We need to look in the mirror and look at ourselves and say, that's the man. That's the man. That's the woman. That's the boy. That's the girl who has allowed the sin to come in and destroy this nation the way that it has. Amen? To ignore the words of this and to go our own way. Right? Right? You can't tell me there's not places in this Word that, we don't, that, that you and I right here today don't follow. We buck against it and go our own way and we make excuses. We're penknife hearers. We begin to cut out what we like that's easy to do and we take out what we don't and then we make excuses for why we don't do it. And God begged these people. He said, please return. He called out. And why, where are the preachers calling out begging our nation to turn back to God? We're playing games in the house of God. Or we don't even want to go to church anymore. We just want a good excuse to quarantine us to the house. We don't want to fight for anything in this nation. And Ephraim was the largest of the tribes of Israel. They were the most prosperous of the tribes that were here. And, 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 and they were lifted high in the beginning. God, God, God lifted them high, just like He lifted up America, just like He blessed uh, the nation, the, 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 the 12, uh, just like He blessed the, the, the founding uh, states here. And He began to raise up something, a heritage that was so amazing. Ephraim was the largest and most prosperous tribes of the 12. 
12 tribes of Israel. As I said, Jacob switched his hand and put the blessing upon them. And he told them they were going to be fruitful and they were going to, uh, by the mercy of God, God's doing this for His namesake. God's doing this because of Himself. And, 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 but God at a certain point when they turned from God, when sin began to take over, when they began to become corrupted from within, the Bible says that God brought Ephraim down to the pits of poverty because of their incorrigible evils. And the Bible warns us that now all these things happen to them for examples and they are written for your admonition upon the ends of the world to come. He didn't say when I come and, and, and when I resurrect and, and when the Bible gets here or any of the other things. He says these are written for your examples until the ends of the world. Until the ends of the age, you need to search the Scriptures. You need to see what I did to the, in the flood. You need to see what I did to people who turned away, in me, the, uh, away from me and didn't any longer want my counsel. What, what happened in the flood? You need to look what happened to nations like uh, Sodom and Gomorrah and see what happened to those people and what happened to a, a nation that turns from God. You need to see what happened to Ephraim. You need to see in your history books that we don't teach anymore or we revise it. What happened to the British Empire and what happened to other nations? What happened to communism and what happened into a godless atheistic Russia, how it fell overnight and how the people were there and, and, and how in Romania they, they could not say God, God is dead, God is dead, God is dead and how overnight God finally after years of prayer and oppression how, how a man comes out on the balcony and begins to say as the Ceausescu is being brought down and begins to proclaim, no, God is alive God is alive, God is alive and the nation sees revival and sees a transformation folks if you will turn back to me if you will turn back to me I can help your cities I can help your abortion problem I can help your sex problem I can help your children that are going astray I can help the violence in your street I can help the hatred and the racial tension that's going on now I can, I can help these things. I can, I, I, can, I can fix problems that you don't see a way out, but you've got to turn to me. And I discovered, uh, I, I've, I've read about and, uh, patterns that other men in the Word of God have, have, uh, have learned in the Word of God by, about looking at these things. And I want to give you three reasons why God judged Ephraim and how it kind of directly relates to America that, that uh, these three things we can look at as a, as a kind of a tool to see um, if, where we're at, where they were at and what, when God moved and where we're at. And so number one, three reasons why he moved in and judged Ephraim. And, and here's the first one. There was no more truth and mercy or knowledge of God in the land. Number one, there was no more truth, mercy, or knowledge of God in the land. Hosea 4 and 1, it says, Hear the word of the Lord, you children of Israel. The Lord has a controversy with the inhabitants of this land because there's no truth, nor mercy, nor knowledge of God in the land. There's no more knowledge of God. At one time, Ephraim had been the evangelistic tribe. At one time, they had been on fire for God. And Jeroboam is now their king. And Jeroboam ha has gone out and brought idols into the nation. He's actually changed the laws where they can have these idols and worship these idols. In the Doesn't that sound familiar? 
And sin crept in because of the idolatry and no longer having truth in the land. That's what happens when you remove truth, when you remove the Bible, when you remove the Ten Commandments and the law of God from before your eyes. All of a sudden that gives way for sin. When you remove that from your churches and you don't preach the gospel anymore, when you don't preach like this anymore, then it allows the sin to creep into our lives. And that's exactly what happened in Jeroboam's day when they removed truth, when they took mercy out of the land, when they took the knowledge of God God out of the land, then sin began to creep in. All kinds of ungodliness began to take place in their cities, in their street, in their families, in their nation, in their churches. And all of a sudden, uh, they remove God. And, and, and here's what it said in Hosea 4 and 2. This is what happens when you remove God. There was only swearing and lying and killing and stealing and committing adultery. They break out and blood touches blood. That's what happens when you push God out of your society. Does that not sound like us? Let me read it again. Just slow down. I'm not in any hurry. We didn't preach sing quite as long, so we got time. Now there was only swearing and lying. Young people, these things aren't. Despite what television tells you, these are okay. They're not okay with God. A little white lie is not okay. A little cussing out of the heart is not good. It's not okay. A little killing, a little stealing, a little committing adultery. Well, it's, you know, it's just a thing. They break out and blood touches blood. Violence begins to spill out in the street. It breaks out. Just ungodly restraint begins when there's no Word of God. When there's no Word of God being taught. When there's no Word of God being preached. When there's no family devotions in the house. When there's no father leading the family. When there's nobody reading the Bible at home. As I said, it sits in the hat rack of the car and you just come once a week and hear it. When there's no law before your eyes showing us what is right and what is wrong, what is holy, what is profane, what is good, what is evil, it births an unruly society and that's what's happening in America. We may have a lot of people that go to church, but we don't have a lot of people that, that, under, that, 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 that we've still birthed uh, unruly people. Because there's been no repentance. There's been no turning. There's been no calling out to God. And so the people broke out from every godly restraint that held their society together. They began to cast off restraint. Psalm 2 tells us that. They'll cast off restraint. They'll begin to gather themselves together to fight about against God. And God will sit in the heavens and laugh and hold them in derision. Have you ever seen such sin breaking out as in your nation right now? Have you ever seen such violence and such lawlessness? Such madness, such ludicrous. Between our own people. You understand that? You, a, a nation divided cannot stand. A house divided cannot stand. A people fighting among themselves cannot last. They cannot be strong. And we've removed things, the Ten Commandments, and we sat idly by and we watched them take them. We watched people get fired for wearing cross necklaces to work. 
We watched him move on the godly atheistic agendas and the demonic uh, oppression come as they took and made our manger scenes in our yards and in town halls and town count and and and, 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 and outside of city halls they snatched them away. We watched as they took our Bibles out of school at a time where 50 or 60 or 70 years ago it was the textbook in the classroom. We've watched how these things that have taken place over and over and over. We watched laws change on abortion and on a homosexual Folks, if you don't think we're getting worse, just the past couple of weeks we passed two laws in this nation that were an affront and just a fist in the face of God. Since all this COVID went down, you'd think we'd be crying out, oh dear Jesus, bring truth back into our lives. You'd think we'd be going into the quarantine and begin to read God's Word and say, where have we turned wrong? What are we doing wrong? What do we need to straighten out? What do we need to fix? What do we need to do? But no, we want to argue. We want to fight. We want to get on places and begin to scream at each other. And we want to give out opinions of this and opinions of that. The only opinion we need is what thus saith the Lord. And in that, just two weeks ago, two laws came through your Supreme Court. Go look them up. Two laws pushed us further away. God, we don't want you. We don't care what your word says. We're going our way now. I know that's not all of us in this room. And I know there's a lot of us that don't believe that way. I get that. But it still shows a very sick nation. Number two. Another reason God judged Ephraim is the more they prospered, the more they sinned. The more they prospered, the more they sinned. And you often see this at the end where judgment's coming, where nations are turning. God will just, like the stock market, will just just go on fire. He'll bless them and bless them and bless them in hopes that they'll turn. He'll bless them and bless them and bless them. And when it doesn't, then it hits the staff of bread. You see it all through the Word of God. And and, and history proves it that powerful and prosperous nations began to do this. Look at Hosea 4, 7. As they were increased, so they sinned against me. Therefore, I will change their glory to shame. I'll change their glory. Our founding fathers agreed that Americans' uh, blessings came from, from uh, the fact that we were a Judeo-Christian nation, that we, that we loved the one true and living God, and they warned that America would fall into corruption and shame if we ever rejected that God. Just go read what they wrote. Just go read. Take a few minutes to read what the, what the fathers of this nation wrote. And look how they warned us. They warned us. Not only is Scripture warned they warned us. And so he makes the judgment clear I'll turn your glory into shame if you keep doing this and and so all the things that were once glorified in this nation you have to say they the, uh, the, the institution of marriage has been brought to shame has it not has it not it's been turned into shame the, we, we, we've seen our, our great universities we were the best universities in the nation of the world they've been brought to shame have they not 
a lot of our economic power. We were the greatest economic force on the face of the earth. And folks, I'm telling you, we are, we are trillions and trillions and trillions and trillions. We're the biggest borrowing nation in the world. We're in trouble financially if people, if they don't keep funding our debt and, and keep uh, propping us up. We were the best educational system. And now we can't seem to barely graduate people out of school. We were the, we were the uh, greatest industrial complexes, the strongest infrastructure, the best medical system. And now all we hear whether it's true or not, I don't know. But they keep talking about whether they're trying to collapse it or whether it's already being collapsed. Now our medical system, they act like is in turmoil. We were the greatest tolerance of other races in the world. And now we seem to not be able to get that right. So he says, if you're not careful once this begins to happen, you have once the places you were such a glory will be turned into shame. Our churches, slick entertainers, CEOs, mega churches. I'm not against mega churches, but 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 we've just we've seen just uh, even denominations turning to 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 uh, away from uh, from the the from God, embracing all kind of things in their platform. Is he not turning our churches into shame in this nation? And only a handful of preachers will preach against sin. And when you do, when you preach an, a sermon that's longer than, than, than 15 minutes, you can't keep anybody, thank God for you, you, can, you can't hardly keep anybody's attention. Too afraid to offend. I can't say I wasn't worried about this. I almost told him not to record it and put it on the internet. And God said, don't you be a coward. God says, you've forgotten me. You've forgotten me. This is not all happenstance. You've forgotten me, America. Number three, and lastly, another reason that God judged Ephraim. He said, I'm going to judge you because of your corruption. Because you've gathered to defend perverse rights. You've gathered to defend against perverse rights. Judges 20, he, he, he quotes it here. He, he, this was the foulest blot on Israel's history at the time of the judges. It was the cause of a burning of a place called Gibeah and 40,000 Israelis' death. The book of Judges says that this was the cause of the burning of that and the consequences of these. Hosea said it is also why God uh, also caused judgment to fall on Ephraim. Hosea 9, 9 through 10 says, They have deeply corrupted themselves as in the day of Gibeah. Therefore he will remember their iniquity and he will visit their sins because of this. Now, Gibeah was the Benjamite town. It was where a Levite came to bring home his runaway concubine. And as, as, as the Levite slept in his host home, a group of angry people, it looks just like Sodom and Gomorrah, a group of angry people came and they wanted to have sex with him. They began to beat down the door and they wanted this man. And he, and just like what happened in Sodom and Gomorrah, where they came out, you remember what happened? Lot began to come out and say, hey, no, don't take the angels, take my daughters. 
You remember that? So that's what this man does. He comes out and he says, take my concubine. And all of a sudden, he ta- they take this woman and they ravage her. They literally ravage her and kill her and drop her off on the, on the front porch the next day. And all of a sudden, this man becomes so enraged. He says, he, he, he cuts this lady up into 12 pieces. And he begins and says, deliver them to the 12, deliver them to all the tribes. And you tell them there's nothing that's ever come on this nation like this. Don't tell me other sins. There are worse sins than other sins. It just kind of snowballs into deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. And all of a sudden now, here we have this, they are there and they dump this woman on the doorstep and she dies. And, and, and in this place, the Bible says that these, uh, that the Gibeonites, they, they begin to, uh, they dump her there. He takes the parts of the body back to the places and begins to pronounce, uh, begins to tell them how bad this is, is and, and how, uh, how, how terrible this is in the sight of the God and nothing like this has ever happened. And here's what I come in with this point. The Benjamin defend the Gibeonites. The Benjamites go and fight against the children of Israel and defend a perverse practice. And and, and so 26,000 gathered to defend less than 700. And they gave their lives for, for the people who were going to rape a helpless woman. And boy, don't we see that kind of defense going on in our nation today. As we take little babies and put them up, on, up in doctor's offices and begin to parade them, little fetuses, up on, up on tables, and we begin to do that. And as a lot of people who would not do the practice, but they will defend the people to be able to have the practice. And fight against God's Word and what God has to say. And that's what God... God didn't get mad about the practice of the sin so much as He got mad about the practice of the people who went in there and fought against the people of God over this. Defending the right to kill. Defending all these things. Defending the the destruction of marriage. Defending these things. Yeah, maybe you don't agree with them, but you defend them. You defend them. You put it out there on social media. You, 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 you defend it. We've lost our values. The problem was they couldn't see the own wickedness in their own heart, the own sin in their own heart. It wasn't that so much those people out there and what they were doing. They had lost sight of how bad and defiled they were and how perverse they were. And all of a sudden, God's wrath came there and, and, and these people are laying down their lives to defend uh, things like we do in this nation now. Abortion, where 40 million plus or more defend this right in this nation. Defender of pornography. And we sit back, well, you know, I'm not doing it, but it's their Right? A defender of perversion. A defender of all of these things. And here in closing are how God's... uh, And I promise I'm going to lift you back up. How does God judge them when He says these three things? What what is the rod He uses to judge uh, Ephraim? Hosea 13, 13. I'm going to come real quick. The first one is the sorrow of a travailing woman. 
God warns, he says this, your judgment is going to come suddenly and it will be long and painful like a woman travailing with a child. In other words, the, the pain gets so excruciating and standing by is a merciful physician that is waiting to help you, but you say, no, I don't want you. And that's exactly what is happening in America now with soaring, uh, uh, with soaring uh, inflation that's about to hit, with healthcare problems, with alcohol. We're pregnant with all these things that are busting out with with drugs with violence with unemployment with all of these things with covid with all of these things that we're pregnant with we're on the table the birth pains are intensifying it's getting more severe it's getting more intense and we need deliverance and dr jesus stands right over there and is so willing to come and help us with all of these things but we say we don't need you we don't need you Hosea 13, 13, Ephraim is an unwise son. Please don't let it be said of America. America is an unwise son. For he should not stay long in the places of the breaking forth of children. Shouldn't stay long in this place. I'm trying to deal with you. If you'll turn back to me, I'll help you. I'll help you. I'll take these things away. If you'll just turn to me, America. Turn back to the God that blessed you. Turn back to the God that loves you. Turn back to the one who can fix your streets, fix your problems, fix all your ills. Turn to me. You need not to remain in this place of misery. I could end it all in a moment, God says. I could end this in a moment. I could fix these problems. The problems would change if you would just repent. If you would just cry out to God. If you would just call on God. You you would. But but until then, you're going to experience these travailing like a woman in childbirth. And number two, the second rod that he used here against Ephraim in Hosea 13, 15 was that they were once fruitful. They will become barren, withered, and dead. They that were once fruitful will become barren, withered, and dead. And folks, again, all i got to tell you, and my dad encouraged me to do this, thank goodness somebody mentioned to him, a man by the name of Peter Dugulescu. Romania was the breadbasket of the world over in their part. Eastern Europe, blessed. And one day, communism overtook them, became one of the Worst nightmarish places on the face of the earth by a man named Ceausescu for years and years and years of suffering. He stood here, and I'll never forget. He said, don't let America ignore what we ignored. Do not let America, America, if you do what we did, you will become like we became. And I just read the last chapter of his book. And again, it's all that warning. You can, I'll copy it for you. It's unbelievable what he warned. He even had a vision of airplanes hitting our nation. I never remembered that. It was in the book. He had that before 9-11. He warned our nation. Just a simple man from Romania. 
became the first Christian parliamentarian over there after the nation, after, they, after the communism failed there and, and God raised them back, back up. They're part of the EU now and, and they're being blessed, hopefully, if they don't turn back to, to uh, like the rest of the world, seems to be going back into this appalling communism that we're seeing breaking out over all the earth again. But, but, uh, but, but, but God told Ephraim, he, he, they knew Deuteronomy 28, they knew that uh, the blessing will be on you if you hearken to my word diligently. And God told them to observe his word and his commandments. And he said, if you do it, there'll be a blessing. But like Ephraim, America has been a fruitful vine and it's been because we built it upon these principles and upon God's word and because we did that. But, but I'm telling you, rampant sin has brought the curse of barrenness in our land now. That's what's doing it. It's our sin. It's the sin of this nation that's breaking out everywhere now. And here's what he says in Hosea 13, 15. Though he be fruitful among his brethren, an east wind shall come, and the wind of the Lord shall come upon him from the wilderness, and his spring shall become dry, and the fountain shall be dried up, and he shall spoil the treasure of the pleasant vessels. God is saying he will spoil our precious resources. And what he did to them was he brought the Assyrian army up from that way, and they, they took the nation and spoiled it and, and, uh, and plundered it away and carried away their wealth. And I'm here to tell you, folks, America is already, we're already seeing if we don't turn quickly. We're already seeing the erosion and the withering of so many things in this nation that have J.C. Penney, uh, IBM, uh, General Motors a couple of years ago, the economy, marriages, schools, as I said, are being withered and made dry. Small businesses right now, if we don't have a miracle, are being withered right now. Uh, the, we're losing influence in the nation and in the world. And, and folks, I'm telling you, it's leaving us empty and dry. And that's what it did to Jerusalem in this day. It left them empty and dry. And if we don't repent, it will be the spoiling of our treasures. We've already seen our treasures spoiled. Our enemies come in and we showed them to them and they took them to their nation and made themselves stronger than we are. Right? But take hope. Here's the closing. Everybody say, take hope. Say it with me. Take hope. Because there's bright clouds on the horizon for the remnant. And here's what he says. I want you to get this as we close. In the midst of withering judgment, Ephraim, this is awesome right here. This is a leave us with a shout. In the midst of, of, of withering, all this withering, Ephraim, I'm going to cause a remnant to grow in Brookside, Alabama, in Gardendale in Romania, in Moldova, in the midst of all this withering going on around the world, I will cause a remnant to grow and to flourish. And here's what he says. I will heal their back. It's Hosea 14. You ought to mark it down because all that heaviness I gave you is fixing to lift off. Here's what he begins to say. Here's the hope in Hosea 14. God, how many know God's for you and not against you? How many know God's for America and not against them? How many know God loves you and he loves this nation and he loves the sin sinner outside of these walls and he desires to save he desires to heal he desires that mercy triumph over judgment does he not 
And here's what he says. He says, I will heal their backsliding. I will love them freely. Mine anger is turned away from him. I will be as the dew unto Israel, as, and he shall grow as the lily and cast forth his roots into Leb as Lebanon. His branches shall spread and his beauty shall be as an olive tree. Ephraim shall say, what have I to do more with my idols? They're out of here. I have heard him and I've observed him and I'm like a green fir tree. From me is thy fruit found. God saying, for those who will turn to me, they will be like a fruitful tree. Their roots are going to go down deep. They're going to be blessed. Their bow of their limbs are going to be spread out. People are going to see the people of God. They're going to see the glory of God upon us. They're going to see our faces with the countenance of God. They're going to see us blessed by the power of God. And we're going to be a fruitful tree in this earth that people can come to for the healing of of the nations. Amen. Yes. Yes. And His Spirit will be poured out in the last days. Ha. And He'll take this weak, anemic people and begin to form a mighty army. Amen. And there will be a remnant on this earth. And I plan to be part of that remnant that says, God, just like you did in the days of old, pour your spirit out one more time on me. Pour your spirit out on this church. Pour your baptize us with the Holy Spirit. Dear God, with fire baptism, just pour it out among us, God, and cause us to be your people and you to be our gods. Do it, you to be our God. Do it for your name's sake. Cause us to walk in your statutes and your ways. Cause us to know your statutes and commands, God. Do a new covenant thing on us. I'll take out the stony heart and I'll place in you a heart of flesh. I will, I will sprinkle you clean. I will cause you to walk in my statutes. I will cause you to walk in my ways. I will cause you to acknowledge me and only me. I'll cause you to walk with me. The Lord's ways are right. They are just and we will walk in them, but the transgressors shall fall therein, the Bible says. So you have a choice today. You have a choice regardless of what America does in the days ahead. You can walk in the ways of the Lord or you can choose to walk in the path of the transgressor. The way of the Lord is steady and will be okay. The way of the transgressor is uh, your feet will slip and, and, and it's not good. So God has everything in control. If I leave you with some words of hope in the end, God has everything in control. God has everything under control. Father, we love you. We thank you, God, for your word, God. Lord God, you're good. You're good. Lord, you love this nation. You love this nation. God, you love all the nations. God, you love the nations of the world. God, we see in heaven there'll be people from every tribe. You're redeeming a people from every tribe, nation, tongue, kindred. You're doing that, God. You'll have a people eternally. Eternally that have made the choice by faith to choose you, God. And to walk with you. They'll be given new, new lives. They'll be, they'll be born again. Unless a man be born again, he will not enter the kingdom of heaven. They'll be born again. They'll receive citizenship into your eternal kingdom. 
a place, God, where you are king, a place where you get the government right for once, a place where, God, there is no more evil, God, where it's outside, God, where that city, it's a city of hope, it's a city of joy, it's a city of righteousness, it's a city of peace, it's a city of love, city of mercy, a city of grace. And God, today you're calling to America and the world. Whosoever will, let him come. Let him come. Let him come. He that is thirsty, let him come and drink. God, you want to give us eternal life. You want to save everyone. You desire that none should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And so God, you're, 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 you're just as in the days of Noah, God, you waited and you waited, and you waited, desiring that all would turn. And God, just like today, you wait, and you wait, and you wait, and you wait, and your mercy call goes out, desiring that people come and receive the call of God. Oh, Lord, you'll change us. You'll change us, God. If we'll turn to you, God, Dr. Jesus, you will help our nation. God, we need you now. We need you now, God. We need you now, God. America needs you for what we're going to face, regardless of what we face in the days ahead. We need you. God, Israel needs you in the days ahead. God, God uh, Lord, England needs you in the days ahead. All the nations of the world need you now, God. So, Lord, we call out for you and ask you to help us, Lord. We love you. We give you the praise. We give you the honor. And we give you the glory. For it's all in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.